Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. Quarterback and pro bowler Kyler Murray. Call sign K1. Leads a potent air and ground attack. K1 can go ballistic with unrivaled downfield accuracy. An 80-yard strike. Kyler Murray. Or he can turn on the afterburners and use his speed to score. And he's in for the touchdown. Kyler Murray makes him pay. Run. His primary deep threat is new addition to the squadron, Marquise Brown. Call sign Hollywood. Along with backfield workhorse James Conner. Call sign Terminator. Whiteout, Rondale, gimme some more. And tight end Zach. So good it hurts. K1 and the cards have the air superiority tactics and firepower to pile up points. To me, this guy gives us a chance to win the Super Bowl, and that's something to be excited about. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, let's talk some football here. Uh, Wolf, I, I got to say, I love the range of updates on our show, right? Because you yeah. got Zach and you got Jem, right? Right. So Zach is like, when Zach's very serious. He's yes. very stately. It's like the evening news. We're talking about the uh, yes. municipal infrastructure of uh, Morocco and neighboring countries. Look, yes. it's Tom Brokaw. Yes, and, uh, and and all of the seriousness that goes along with that. Yes. And then you have Jem who's like, come here, I'm going to talk sports right in your ear. I'm going to bash your face it if you don't listen. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love it. Man. I like it. So right around noon, it changes from seriousness. <laughs> it's and, beautiful. And to yeah, Jem just is like, I'm going to yell things in your ear, and you're going to have to listen. All right. Uh, Cardinals <laughs> what are got you going to do about not it? going to do anything about it. You got, I think even if you change the station and don't, <laughs> you'd still hear Jim. Uh, all right. So the I want to play this clip from Justin Pugh. And this is not preseason. This is what what sort of offensive identity are the Cardinals going to have as a team this season? Games get going, starting against the Chiefs, week one. What What is this team going to be on offense, Wolf? Because you and I both agree, and I think a lot of people listening probably agree, this team is built to win games with offense. Their their resources are directed towards their offense right now. It's not that you're neglecting defense, right. but I think I think they are 32nd in the NFL in terms of money spent on defense. Last time I checked, there's only 32 teams. Yes. So they are built, but and you look on offense, they are loaded on offense. So here's Justin Pugh, Big Red Rage last night. What do you think in terms of the identity and the style of offense this year? It's still evolving. It's You, you never know what's going to happen, what pieces you're going to have that week, who you're playing, what their philosophy is. You have to be able to be multiple to just go out there and line up in 10 personnel which is all receivers and one running back is is something that i'm sure cliff would love to do and that's what everyone thought we were going to do from the from season one on but we've shown that we can evolve we can be multiple we can do different things we can have that power running game because you need that late in the year so i think having the flexibility is what's going to do us the biggest benefit going forward we can go up there and run the ball if we need to if we're up in a game or we can spread them out and we have so many different skill guys that can make plays out in space that we get the ball to and we can go fast where do you want to start on that one right there look where do you want to start look anytime anybody from this team that was on the team last year talks about what they feel a solution would be for how last season ended that is going to get my attention over anything else. That's a 43-second clip right there from Justin Pugh. But when he talks about being multiple and being able to run the ball in December and how you avoid having a letdown at the end of the year, that gets my attention. Yeah, you know, for me specifically, what he just said right there is the power running game, which 
helps you later in the year. <laughs> Why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, you, you've played a lot of games. There's been a lot of snaps. Why do you think you double down on getting more physical at the end of the year? Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's so many. There's the weather. I mean, there's not going to be weather at a Cardinals game, but the but, weather. But that's, 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 that's part a, of it. That's great. I also think you know, and this is something I know you've said for a while. So there's probably some vindication here for you. But when you when you run the ball, there's a certain level of yeah, you probably know what's coming, but we're just going to push you down the field anyway. Whereas you get to week fifteen. I mean, have a week eighteen when you're playing the 49ers, They have sixteen weeks worth of actual film on you, including a game against you, and they've already played you a bunch of times since Cliff Kingsbury got here. You can run all these fancy passing plays you want. Yeah. They know what's coming when they see it. They're yes. prepared for it. At a certain point, you just need to be able to push a team down the field. That's exactly right. You're, you're, you're on this, Luke, right here. Listen, there are two things, especially offensively, you look at. Talent and toughness. Those two things right there. The Arizona Cardinals have all the talents in the world. They do offensively. Oh my goodness, the skill positions. They need toughness. Talent allows you to go out and win games. Don't get me wrong. All right, all the toughest guys in the world, I guarantee you, you put a bunch of tough guys together, you're going to have a tough team. You're probably not going to win a lot of games either, but you're going to have a tough team. You need talent to win. You do. But you know what? You need talent and toughness to win a Super Bowl. It's one thing to go through a regular season and have a ton of talent. That's great. Yeah, you'll, you'll win games. You will. But you need talent and toughness to win a Super Bowl. Because you have to be able to do You have to be able to line up and run the ball at some point in time. You have to be able to do that offensively and defensively. Talent and toughness. You put the two together. That's why he said late in the season, mm-hmm. especially late in the season, the power running game. You're not going to trick anybody. The power rushing attack, the power game, has been around for a long, long time. Trust me on that one. It's been around forever. You're not going to fool anybody. They've all seen it. Okay, stop it. See, it's one thing to see it and another to try to stop it. And you demand as a coach, you go do your job where they can't stop it. And that's why the ordinary suddenly allows you to win. The toughness that comes with that late in the year and going into the playoffs, you need talent and toughness. Never forget that. The, the other part of that that really stands out is where he says it's evolving. And that's something that you have to be able to do. You heard him say right there, yeah, Cliff would probably just like to play 10 personnel all, all the time. But Cliff has evolved since he's gotten here. Now, yes, he has. I, see, what would Wolf, your ideal personnel would be uh, 23 personnel, right? Is that two backs, no, three tight no, ends? Not no, at all, okay. man. No, 21 personnel. Yeah. I, I love 21 personnel. 20, no, 23? I love 21 personnel. You got two backs, you got one tight end, you got two wide receivers. Okay, I like that. I like 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. Okay, it's not as good as 21 personnel, but I do like 12 because you can do a lot of different things. You can still attack the line of scrimmage in a vertical kind of way by running the ball in a vertical kind of way when you've got 12 personnel. You can attack the line of scrimmage and still use the power of play action to throw the ball and make a difference. Every team in the league is doing this. It's it's no secret. And it's been around forever. Just execute it, man. Just go out and do it. 
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, <laughs> first couple games for Stone Garrett and the majors have, he's, he's taken the majors by storm. He's going to join us next. We're going to ask him what this ride has been like. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Clubhouse Call-In with Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. This is great, Wolf, because we do the clubhouse call-in every week. And the D-backs are, are kind enough to give us a different player every week, right? But no matter who we got this week, I was just going to be asking them about Stone Garrett the whole time anyway. <laughs> and instead, we just get Stone Garrett. It's like they knew what we were going to do. sweet, Luke. He's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Uh, Stone, thank you for the time. This has got to be the wildest week of your life so far, right? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy, you know. Uh, started off. Uh, in Reno and then ended up in San Fran and now we're in Arizona. I'm sitting on the concourse right now overlooking the stadium as I talk to you guys. So, Stone, this has been a eight-year odyssey to the bigs. It's a long and winding road. Has all the work been worth it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, putting in the work over the eight years during season, off season, um, and finally reaching that, you know, childhood dream, uh, it's definitely been worth it. Talking to Stone Garrett. Uh, Stone, you you made an impact. People noticed you before you even played that first game on Wednesday because that video went around of you calling your parents and saying that you lost your insurance card, and, and all of a sudden you, know, you get them both on. Where where did you get the uh, the idea for that? My mom's always making sure I have my insurance card and making sure it's updated. <laughs> so whenever I go home for the off season, that's literally one of the first things she does is here's your insurance card. Go put it in your car. <laughs> so Stone, I have to I have to ask you because you look a, you look a little yoked up at six two, 195 pounds. I'm not going to lie. Did you play football when you were in high school? I did. I did. The weight is a little outdated. That was from when I first got drafted. I'm sitting at two twenty now, two twenty five. Um, but I did play football outside linebacker in high school, freshman and sophomore year. And then after that, I stopped. Uh, I had a couple of friends that played football and baseball, and a couple of them were tearing their ACLs. So I said, I'm going to take baseball more serious now. And if I get hurt during football, then I can't play baseball. Did baseball, did football help your baseball career at all? Most definitely. Um, my dad's listening right now. He just dropped me off. Uh, he he kind of forced me to play at a younger age. And I was really good at it, actually, running back. Um, but it definitely helped me become a better athlete, you know, moving lateral, uh, quick, you know, in and out of jukes and whatnot. Uh, and I would say overall, just the mental toughness the coaches I had at a young age were tough on us uh, for the better. And, it, it, you know, it definitely stuck with me uh, going through the minor leagues, you know, those dog days. of They don't do it anymore, but playing 20 games in a row. Uh, so I would say playing football at a young age, definitely the mental toughness it instilled at me. Uh, still to this day, I'm very appreciative for it. Talking to Stone Garrett, who not only has made the big leagues this week, but he's four for eight. So not, not like just joining the team and then having three doubles in your first two games. Uh, Stone, your story to get here, we've kind of touched on it, but it's it's even crazier. I mean, you were you were pretty good at real estate not that long ago, and then all of a sudden you actually are, are one of the people I know that, that revived their career through LinkedIn, not typically your Major League Baseball career, but can you tell us that, that part of the story too? 
Yeah, um, just in the offseason of fall 2020, I was selling homes. Uh, no job. My contract expired with the Marlins, which is rare. Uh, a lot of people don't, you know, get their contract expired. It's either your release or you get to the bigs. But my contract expired, I think, all seven years with them. Played all seven years in the minors with them. Expired. Signed to an indie ball team going into 2021. Um, got a message on LinkedIn in February from my old video coordinator, Dan Budrika. Uh, he reached out and said, hey, glad to see you doing well. said, glad to see you doing well too, Dan. And then about a couple weeks later, I just looked at the messages again last night. I'm going to post it. But uh said, hey, Dan, do you know of any you know opportunities in outfield? I feel like I still can compete. You know, I'm, I'm willing to go to spring training without, you know, a guaranteed spot on the roster. I'll give it a go. And a couple days later, not even a week, I get a message from Corey Hahn from the D-backs, and then he asked my agent's number, and then two days later after that, I'm signing the D-backs, and two weeks I'm headed off to spring training. And that was last year, and it ended up being a good year, and they re-signed me this year. So, Stone, I can tell you right now, man, when I got drafted into the NFL, I got drafted in the fourth round, and my rookie year I came in, and I had all of this built up in my head, what it was going to be like. I, it's, I ask you, the 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 thoughts that you had about baseball and what it was going to be like, did they come true? Are, are, is, was it everything you thought it was going to be? Yeah, man, it's, it's great. Um, uh, you get guys, you know, in Reno who have been up and down and they, they instill into you that it's the same game. And it is just with the, you know, more seats and fans, more fans, everything's amplified a little bit more. But it, when it comes down to it, it's the same game. Uh, you've grown up playing this game and it's, it's still the same up here. We're talking to Stone Garrett. Stone, what has this been like for your parents? I mean, we referenced the call that you made to them. You you called out your dad after that first game, pointed up in the crowd, and he was wearing a jacket because he had to buy a jacket. He didn't (laughs) expect to be sitting there and being cold. You you said he just dropped you off. I mean, this has to be a crazy ride for them, too. Yeah, it's wild for my parents to make it out for my big league debut. Um, It was wild. Kind of surreal. You know, obviously they have been been there since day one of baseball, you know, T-ball, coach pitch, all of that, and then to finally make it up and for them to see me and play well, uh, it was it was a great moment, uh, unforgettable. Stone, where's your confidence level right now? I'm even keel. Um, you know, like I said, you can't let the good days get to your ego and you can't let the bad days, you know, you know, uh, discourage you. Um, I'm even keel. It, it, like I said, it's the same game. You're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games and just keep going day after day. You've uh, you've joined a lineup at probably a pretty good time if you are a young player to step in like this. What's what's the vibe like around this team right now? Is it, it the lineup last night? There was only one player over thirty that was uh, that was hitting, and that was Christian Walker, who's you know he's it seems like he hits a home run every other day, so that's allowed. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Um, I'm still getting to know these guys. You know, obviously I know Alex, Tommy, and a couple other guys, Holton. Um, still getting to know the guys, but it's you know in the locker room it's light, cracking jokes, having fun. Um, it's a great group of guys. Talk to most of them. Um, it's awesome to be around these guys. Uh, there's not one guy that I wouldn't want to be around in here. So, Stone, if you had your preference as to where you could play in the outfield, where would that be? Anywhere in the outfield, to be honest with you. It doesn't anywhere? matter to me. Yeah, anywhere. You uh, you get to play your first home game tonight. You referenced them. You're playing St. Louis. That's a team with a lot of tradition. They're obviously having a good year this year, too. But this is kind of another first to get to finally play in front of a home crowd, too. 
Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, we got home last night, and Tommy and I came out into the field. Uh, it was completely dark, and it was just us two out here. And uh, we were just taking it all in. Obviously, he's been here before, but to be in a stadium that's completely empty and you're the only one in there was a surreal feeling. And to play in front of the crowd tonight, it's going to be exciting. So, Stone, did your parents, did, you, did they play? Did your dad play? Did your mom? I mean, were they athletes? They were athletes in high school. My dad played football. Um, that's actually where I got my name from. Uh, he played with the older kids growing up in the street, uh, not even in the field, just in the street. And he was tough, so they nicknamed him Rock. That's how I got my name, Stone. <laughs> my, and my mom, my mom played softball in high school. That's great. That is very cool. <laughs> I so, haven't heard that yet. You know, if you're getting ready for a game, how do you prepare for a game? What do you do? Yeah, man, just uh, shower an hour before the game, eat some food, uh, change, stretch a little, make sure I grab some coffee before I head on to the field and go from there, and then it's, it's, it's playtime. Talking to Stone Garrett, uh, Stone, who, who were some of the guys you looked up to when you were getting into baseball and, and once you uh, you know got drafted by the, the Marlins and everything? Yeah, so obviously grew up playing baseball in, from Houston, so I watched the Astros, Killer Bees, Biggio, Bagwell, Berkman. But to be honest with you, the one memory that's instilled in my brain, my dad took me to Astros-Dodgers game, and we're on the left field side, which is the visitor side. And uh, There's something about it, but the Dodgers were stretching, and Matt Kemp, my eyes just, you know, were, you know, stuck on him stretching. And I remember in high school, I would do the same stretches he did in high school. So I would say Matt Kemp, and that was when he was just on fire. I forgot what year it was, but he was an MVP race. Um, so definitely Matt Kemp. Stone, man, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. God bless you and your career. And it looks like you got a shot, man. You got a shot. Do you think you're going to stick, Stone? Last question. Do you think you're going to stick up here? Uh, If I'm going to stick up here? Yes. Well, what kind of guy would I be if I said no? You know, (laughs) you have to have confidence. You got to have confidence, and I'm just going to go about it on a daily basis. Just, you know, put myself in the best situation to uh, succeed on the field. I'd like to hear it, man. Good luck, Stone. We appreciate the time, man. Take care. All right, you guys have a good one. That's Stone Garrett. How about that? Dad nickname Rock, so he gets yeah. to be Stone. Stone, that's kind of yeah, cool, right that's, there. That's pretty. What, uh, it's just I got a nephew, a named crazy Stone. start. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have one like, named Maverick. I was going to say all, all your family members have cool names. Ozzy, <laughs> Ozzy, Jade Nas. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't, all right. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. I like that story too of him and uh, Tommy Henry walking out into the empty stadium last night to just kind of like let it all soak in yeah all right we come back it is a triple match day all day as our giveathon week continues the need is great become a champion of hope next it's the wolf and luke show on 98.7 fm arizona sports station the giveathon for phoenix children's is presented by your valet hyundai dealers and the ok chin indian community 98.7 fm arizona sports station and the arizona sports app Give-a-thon on the Wolf and Loop Show. All right, well, this will be our uh, final time on this show. It's still going throughout the rest of the day, Wolf, Burns, and Gambo. 
But uh, this will be our final segment of the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers in the Ak Chin Indian community. Uh, you can certainly, we want to pass along again, you can become a champion of hope, $20 a month. And if you do that, uh, a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient your name. You'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. But the main thing to remember today specifically is it is a triple match Friday, courtesy of your Valley Hyundai dealers. So if you do $20 a month, it's actually going to be $60 a month. Yeah, that is awesome right there. It is just so cool. Valley Hyundai dealers, of course, giving us that triple match there, tripling any donation that we receive. Any donation that you give right now to Phoenix Children is going to be tripled. That is just so awesome. And by the way, we have a goal. We have a goal, and that goal is $2 million, and it is attainable. It certainly is no guarantee, but it certainly is something we can get done this evening before Burns and Gambo go off the air. Well, this is going to get us a little bit closer to that, and I'm going to have a tote update for you here in just a few minutes. But uh, right now, how about a check presentation from co-presenting sponsor, Akchin Indian Community. I'm here with Chairman Robert Miguel of the Auction Indian Community. Chairman, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love to hear why you decided to become the presenting sponsor of the Phoenix Children's Hospital Giveathon because the Auction Indian Community is so generous with its resources. So why the Giveathon? The kids all win with Auction, and we will help any and all kids. We love to get back and see people smile because that's who we are as Auction people. We want to help. We love to see that generosity. Chairman Miguel, thank you so much. Um, I see you have a, a check to present to us, so I'm going to hand it over to you now. Yes, on behalf of myself and the Auction Indian community, we'd like to donate $13,000 to the PCA to give a thon. $13,000. Thank you so much, Chairman Miguel. Thank you to the Auction Indian community. Your generosity, as always, is so, so appreciated. It always fills our hearts with joy to give back and make a difference. That is my buddy right there, Robert Miguel. Sorry, man. He's one of the best guys on the face of the planet, the chairman of the Auction Indian community. Thank you, Robert, so much for that. Absolutely huge right there. Your your support and your sponsorship means so much to the Phoenix Children's Hospital and, of course, to the Giveathon. All right. It is time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Just weeks before her due date, Linda's mom learned her unborn daughter had an extremely rare genetic condition which affects the development of the skeletal and reproductive systems. Children with this condition rarely live past their first year, and if they do, they're on life support, but not this fighter. This is Linda's story. I had been admitted for signs and symptoms of preeclampsia, and I was at 38 weeks. They came in, they told us that uh, Linda was more than likely not going to make it and you know asked us if we had chosen a name to which i said i was like yes uh her name is linda and they said that's great because it, it usually makes the grieving process a lot easier sorry my OBGYN decided that that, she, that we were going to have to be induced so that i would be giving birth on my due date december 25th asked my family for a moment so I went into my bedroom, I closed the door, and I started rubbing my tummy, and I started praying. This child is not mine. This child is yours. And if you allow me to borrow her, we're waiting for her. Around 3, 3.30, I started feeling everything again. 
the doctor said it's time to push. And they had told us they were like, they were the one thing that we're looking for is if she can cry. Because the moment she cries, it means that she made it. Because with campomelic dysplasia, the rib cage will either so compact and tight that first breath of air, uh, they can't. Or it'll be so glass-like and fragile that when they take that first breath of air, the, the rib cage shatters. 15 minutes is all it took. 15 minutes. And at 4.30, I gave birth. They bring over an incubator with the, this tiny peanut in it. <laughs> and they're like, look, this is your daughter. And I'm seeing her through this glass. And I told her, I was like, Linda, you hang on in there. They told me that she wasn't going to make it past the birthing stage. She did. Um, they said her prognosis was a year. She's now eight. They told me that she shouldn't really be moving or really doing much of anything, that she was going to be in pretty much a vegetative state. They told me that she wasn't probably going to be able to eat. Right now, we're finally decreasing her formula feeds, and her doctors are hoping that we will eventually be able to wing off that NG tube. And she's eating. She's eating foods of all types. They told me that she wasn't going to be able to really move or have much mobility. Linda started crawling last August. She's still wheelchair bound, but man, should you see her in that wheelchair. She enjoys popping wheelies, looking and seeing fast cars. And to her in her wheelchair, she'll say, I go vroom vroom. <laughs> Every specialist there, they're just amazing at having levels of compassion, of, of empathy. They're not just trying to solve our problems, they're trying to work with us to find a solution. Again, life with her, it's had its challenges, and there are more, more often than not, we have to make adaptations. But she doesn't really see herself as different. Or if she does, she doesn't show it. <laughs> oh, what a great story that is. That is Linda's story right there. 602-933-4567. Can you imagine? There you are. You're 38 weeks pregnant. Somebody tells you to name the baby because it makes the grieving process easier. Oh, my goodness. Linda's story is incredible. They told they told Linda's mom that she would not live a year. She's eight years old. <laughs> this is what Phoenix Children's does. She's eight years old. Now pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. You hear the music. That means there's a match. And not just any match, Luke. But a triple match. A triple match, courtesy of Valley Hyundai dealers. All day as we uh, close in on trying to hit that goal of $2 million raised. And we will wrap up this evening. But uh, Valley Hyundai dealers is making it very possible. Because if you call in and you become a champion of hope for $20 a month, they're going to make $60 a month. Just like that. So... 
Every every little bit helps. Uh, don't think that it doesn't. But now it helps three times as much here for the rest of today. It's just so critical right now. You know I'm talking to you. You're driving around. and Maybe you're walking around the compound, whatever it may be. $20 a month, man. That $20 a month, if you call 602-933-4567 right now, is going to become $60 a month, courtesy of our Valley Hyundai dealers. $60 a month, a triple match going on right now. Can you help the kids? Can you help the families? Help our neighbors. Help our community. Help each other. 602-933-4567. Or you can text GIVE to 620-620 as well. But yes, 602-933-4567, the main way to chip in and become a champion of hope. And Wolf, I have an updated number for us right here, okay? This sound means it's time to go to the tote board. And the number that we are at right now at 141 on Friday afternoon, Wolf, $1,637,824. That's just unbelievable. That's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic right there. But we're not done, right? We're not done. Two million looms. Still within reach, especially with that triple match. It's not a guarantee that it's going to happen, but it's a real possibility right now, based on it's $2 million in reach on the Giveathon benefiting Phoenix Children's. We're in range. That's awesome. And that sound means it's time for the Train Teddy Bear Express. Again, become a champion of hope for $20 a month. And a teddy bear is going to be delivered to a patient in your name. And you'll receive your choice of a Kids Pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. All right, Wolf, when we come back, our final chance of the week to hear from the Cardinals before the game on Sunday against the Ravens. Cliff Kingsbury speaking, Devon Kennard, Trace McSorley. We'll try to get you as much of that sound as possible next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the show here as we wrap things up on a Friday. The Cardinals set to host the Baltimore Ravens. And then, you know, camp's basically, the rest of camp's going to be in Tennessee next week. So this is kind of wrapping things up here as far as camp. Is that why you're wearing the blue shirt, Wolf? Well, you just... (laughs) Maloney's talking to me right now. Did She's you talking to everybody that was over the air. Okay, you did that over the air. Okay, right you're not there. cool. Hey, what Maloney's have, talking way, to me. Do you have a little checkbox? Do you have a little checkbox where you just kind of like rattle off things that you aren't do? you excited? Check. It's just, am I excited for what now? To go to Tennessee to watch the As joint practices. Fact, I I am. That um, is a, Tuesday, a bright blue course, shirt. Right go. Uh, look, it's a <laughs> it's a station shirt. That's what they gave me. Mm. Although I have gotten many compliments on this. Interesting. I wasn't even complimenting from, you. I was just saying it was bright. Okay. Even from the big cheese. I'm talking about the big cheese walking around right here looking at saying, man, you know what? I like the way that that shirt looks. All right. so okay. I'm just telling you. Yeah. No, I'm telling well, you. That's why I'm late coming right back because everybody's complimenting me. Of course, me. Scotty. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say his name. 
Um, anyways, where are we Nobody going in this beautiful part of the program? Of course, people call uh, him you Scotty. Do it, I guess. All right, uh, here I'm going to start with uh, Devon Kennard talking about Devon. the uh, where this team is. Look. A lot of us, a lot of everybody, I'm not going to say a lot of us, everybody has looked at the Cardinals and said, where's the pass rush going to come from? Not that there can't be a pass rush, but you lost Chandler Jones. Other guys are obviously going to have to step up. Kennard today said, you know what, I'm actually pretty impressed with the rookie linebackers and pass rushers on this team. Cam had a really good week this week. Um, You know, uh, uh, Jesse Lucchetta has looked good in the game and and is doing a lot of good things. Maje's rush ability and and versatility is showing a lot, so I I think... uh, uh, you know, the organization did a good job dra- uh, drafting guys to come in and fit the culture that we have in our room and on our team. It is very, very important that you do, man. you got to be of one mind, and hopefully that one mind is, I'm going to punch you in the face. Isn't that right, DJ Humphreys? You know, DJ told okay. us you can't teach somebody that. You know, he, see, this he just is, said that today. You know, there's another way of saying this, Basinonians, for the most part. Scouts will tell you, does he love the game? Does he love the game? That's a different way of saying what DJ just said. You can't teach him to punch somebody in the face, right? That's going to be innate. That's going to be something that is going to come from your inside, deep in your soul. That's going to be something that you're going to do legally in between the lines on the field. You don't walk around and, and punch people in the face, Outside of those white lines. You know what you do? You love them. You treat them better than yourself. You respect them. That's what you do when you step outside those white lines. But you're inside those white lines. Let's brawl. Let's go. That's a mentality. More from uh, Devon Kennard. Yes, it hurts losing Chandler Jones. Also, you know, the season's about to start. Time to move on from Chandler Jones, although you're going to see him in week two. You don't really pay attention. You know, nobody's here trying to, you know, worry about Chandler. He's in Vegas doing his thing, and and we're worried about the guys we got in this locker room. I feel like we got plenty of talent in our room, and, you know, we're uh, ready to step to the plate and show what we can do. Well, if he also said he's very confident in the group they have. Uh, we got a good group. I feel like this is one of the best groups I've been around from top to bottom, you know, with all the draft picks we got in and, uh, you know, the guys. So it's, it's been good. I feel like we've been pushing each other. And you know, working hard every day. That's that right there. That's what it's going to have to be, right? Top to bottom pass rush on this team. It's going to have to be that. It's going to be a bunch of guys that are just going to outwork you for the most part. It's not like they have this plethora of great talent out there. They do not. But they got a lot of smart guys that know where to be. Smart guys that know how to get their job done, and they're going to have to just flat out outwork opposing teams. You look at Marcus Golden. Perfect example of what I'm talking about right now. Listen, Marcus Golden be the first one to tell you, he's not blessed with the great speed. He's not blessed with that. He's not blessed with a great first step the way Chan was. He's not blessed with some of the, the, some of the technique and some of the skills that Chan had. What he is blessed with is dog. And he is a dog. I've never heard him put that way. He will not, Luke, he will not approach one rep differently from the other rep. It's just a rep. And that rep, you're going to get 100% of what Marcus Golden has to give. And that's what makes him special. Because you know what, Luke? You find out on the football field, some people aren't willing to give as much as other people are. They're not willing to go there. They're not willing to do it. That was 
my gift when I played. And I'm not trying to say it based on what it means to say, look at me, because it's not very flattering. I didn't have talent. <laughs> what I had was desperation. That's what I had. My gift was I was going to give more than you. <laughs> okay, I was going to give 100% of myself because I had to, or otherwise I wouldn't be out on that field. Marcus Golden is the same way. And so are some other guys in that room, and that's why I love it. You have the desperation. You also have that bright blue shirt, though. You have desperation and a bright blue shirt. Don't, don't sell it's that. It's corporate issue. Oh, okay. Um, one more. I want to play this from Trace McSorley because this Ravens streak we're talking about, he's part of it, right? I mean, he's won them some of those games in the preseason, right? He was there. This I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. Uh, he did say, yeah, it'd be cool to end that streak at 21. It would be cool. Um, obviously, uh, being a being a part of you know we like I said we're going out to win the game as well. Um, so that's every time you step on the field, you got to be going out to win, and I think that's that's the main goal. Um, so then you know they added an extra of if we did win that game um, and we was a part of ending the streak, it'd be be good. But every time you go out on the field, you're trying to win the game, so it's it's no more or less than any other game if we go out and play. I, I think the Cardinals win. I think they win the yeah. game, and then afterwards, Harbaugh's like, that's just preseason. Yeah. That's what I think's going to happen. Okay, that's great, yeah. man. <laughs> really? You guys got all caught all up in a preseason. All think about is thing. Sandy and Michael right Ford right Jr. Let's just play all the hits. Every game I'm scoring. I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace um, that was a disturbing way to end okay, the week. That's nice. You know what, honestly, thank you so much, Basinonians, yes. for supporting the Giveathon and supporting Phoenix Children's. Thank you for supporting all of us. But our job's not done. Neighbors. Yeah. Still got a few more hours. Burns and Gambo will take you up to the uh, the end of it. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, I echo that as well. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for producing. Jesse Morrison behind the glass as well for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.